It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on v Welcome aboard. Follow the money on v the sports betting network. Mitch Moss along with Polly Howard. We are live today in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. And last night we watched the NBA draft unfold. Everybody knew who was going to go number one overall. The San Antonio Spurs selected... Seven foot five, Victor Wembanyama out of France, 19 years old, and uh, legendary sports writer Bob Ryan from the Boston Globe is kind enough to join us here on Friday to talk about him and other things in the NBA right now. Bob, thanks so much for the time uh, this morning. How are you? Uh, I'm good, thanks, guys, very much. Yeah, I said earlier today that Wembanyama is going to do stuff on the basketball court that our brains are not going to be able to fully process, <laughs> right? Because we've never seen really anything like this kid on the court before. You've watched everybody for several decades. Does anybody come to mind as like a player comp to Victor, or is he one of a kind? Well, the, the fact that it's 7-5, if it's 7-5, whatever it is, seven, he's, it, they say 7-5. Um, it, it, uh, this, this is, takes the, a, a type of player that we're getting more and more used to, to a new dimension. In other words, um, once upon a time, anybody uh, 6-10 or 11 at least was an old-fashioned center. And I'll tell you the guy in America that, that changed things, that it led to this evolution that we now have, and that's Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett flat out refused to be a center right. uh, uh, coming out of high school, and he never was, really. I mean, he was a, he was a forward, and, and, but he, and he, he preferred a post-up game, I mean, excuse me, a face-up game rather than a post-up game. And, and uh, we've had succession of players uh, uh, that come along since uh, since then. Uh, you can there's all kinds of guys. He's a mixture of a lot of people. He's a, a taller version maybe of Giannis. I mean, what's the difference? I mean, you know, Giannis handles the ball beautifully. Giannis can go coast to coast without trouble. Giannis can shoot threes. Not not is not his greatest asset shooting threes, but he can do it. Um, uh, so you might just say there. Uh, but I'd say it all started in America. Now, it all started in Europe with Kresmer Chosic. Uh, this, this is when it all got started, all these European players uh, now, uh, culminating in, in, Jok- in Jokic. But, uh, and, of course, Chosic never played in the NBA, but, but he was the, the inspiration, I think, for all these guys that, that, uh, that have come along. But this is the newest end of the evolutionary process right now so far. It's a 7-5 guy that plays this kind of game. Mm-hmm. What's uh, your level of concern with uh, if he can stay healthy and in the history of big guys getting hurt? Very much. Uh, it, it, it should be a concern. Uh, absolutely. Uh, that, that's a very slender frame, to say the least. Uh, he is poo-pooing the idea that he's weak and that he's going to have trouble, uh, I think. And uh, 
Fine, uh, uh, but I, I don't know. That's one of my concerns. Look, when I saw Chet Holmgren, we haven't seen Chet Holmgren in action yet. You know, I, 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 I'm so worried and skeptical about him. He, he missed the whole year already. Uh, so uh, you have to be concerned. It's, a, it's an odd body. It's not the type of body that has generally worn very well in the NBA. He's extraordinarily thin. I mean, no question. And, uh, uh, you know, right now we got... I was kid about Brandon Ingram. He's the he's the skinniest good player I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's six seven. Uh, this guy's seven five. It would, so see how that plays out. I just don't know. This is new territory. Uh, you know, Ralph Sampson was lean. Uh, yeah, and and he had a long enough career. And uh, and look at Porzingis. He's already missed the whole season. He's 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 uh, he doesn't. You can't count on eighty two games out of him. And, and, and he's a sturdier, you know, to look at than, than when Viana. So it's going to be one of the issues. You know, you mentioned Garnett, too, and Minnesota was uh, took their time with him and brought him along slowly. Would you do the same thing if you're San Antonio, or how would you attack it early on? He couldn't be in better hands than than with Pop. And, you know, whatever you think of Pop, and, and uh, people have their views. Uh, I uh, respect his basketball mm-hmm. uh, wisdom. And uh, he's gone through this with, with uh, obviously, with David Robinson and with Duncan. Uh, he could not be in better hands. They're not going to rush him into anything. I've already heard Pop this morning say he's not uh, uh, LeBron, he's not Kobe, he's not, they named another first-name player. He said he's Victor, and we're going to let him, and, and he's going to be Victor. He's going to be himself. And, and they, they, Pop is not going to do anything stupid. He's going to not. He's going to allow this thing to, to gestate the way it should and, and that this career. Uh, he's so lucky that it was San Antonio, Frank, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah, well said. I mean, we, we've seen it all, though, just with the highlight reel. I mean, shooting threes, uh, a put-back dunk on a missed three. You're talking about a nine-foot wingspan, and I know I know you saw him th- with the holding the baseball with the first pitch, too. Yeah, he it looked like a golf ball. He threw out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium. I was also interested that he went into a windup that looked like as if he was familiar with baseball, which was interesting. I wasn't sure, you know. Uh, it wasn't a great throw, but it, he, he, he did look like he was familiar. It was interesting. Um, the, the, end, the defense is where it's going to come into play. Now, with an extraordinary yeah. wingspan, with extraordinary lateral mobility at 7'5", uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how that materializes. No matter what position he plays, uh, you're talking about rim protector, but he's going to be more than a rim protector. He's going to be a lane protector. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you don't see too many of those. Yep. Yes. Uh, what did you think of what Stevens and the Celtics did in the move to get Porzingis? My first reaction is that I'm not a fan of, of Porzingis. I'm not denouncing the trade. And I'm listening and hearing a lot of stuff in the last several hours, uh, you know, overnight, and reading the paper this morning from people uh, uh, that uh, uh, about how well he played last year. Uh, my gut reaction, going way back to when he was with the Knicks, is he's 7'5", going on 6'2". He plays small. Mm. <laughs> you know, and, and my question is, why, well, I know why he's on his fourth team, because it was a matter of the contract and, and the fact that if they didn't get something for him, he was going to more than likely invoke his option and walk. But this is, he got traded out in New York. He got traded. Dallas didn't seem to be too thrilled to have him. So what is it? I just want to know. I want to see it for myself. Uh, uh, you know, the numbers are impressive. He averaged 23 and 8 last year. He's a career 20 points a game scorer. He's a career 38% three point shooter. Uh, on, on surface, it sounds great. And, and um, it could really enhance their, their whole offensive scheme uh, in, in different ways. Uh, and but I'm I'm not a member of the fan club yet. I'm and I'm not. I'm, I'm going to have to be shown. Yeah. As far as Marcus Smart's concerned, mm-hmm. I am a paid-up member of the fan club. In fact, I'm a regional officer, and um, <laughs> and I uh, I will miss him. But I had brought myself around to the reluctant conclusion that maybe he would be. Had we you know time was for them to to move him on. Uh, and uh, uh, but I I will stick up for for, for Mark, Marcus Smart's. Uh, uh, and, and with all his his foibles, because he does stuff that I don't think anybody else does at that position defensively at times. Now I know he didn't have as good a year this year as last year when he was the player of the year, and and this year he wasn't even close to that. So you know I don't know maybe body at 29 maybe they did the right thing the old you know trade him a year too soon rather than a year too late thing. I think that's quite possible. Follow the money here on Vsin the sports betting network. Our guest, legendary sports writer Bob Ryan, with the Boston Globe. It doesn't feel to me like the Celtics are done making moves, though, yet. Or, or am I wrong on that? 
They might want to go get a pure point guard, uh, you know, to, in the mix. Uh, right now, the closest thing, well, no, it's, right now with, with Brogdon, it's Devin White. Uh, Derek, I keep saying Devin because I can't get Devin White out of my mind, but De- Derek White and, uh, and Pritchard, who's still on the roster and who may or may not be on the roster when the season starts, uh, and, and who's more of a shooter than he is a playmaker, but he is a point guard and te- technic- technically. Uh, they could improve at that position, I guess, uh, unless White is going to inherit it. Uh, what's going to happen with Brogdon, I don't know, and I'm kind of curious. Nobody is saying a whole lot in Boston as to what is the extent, nature of this injury that has caused the Clippers to back off the deal and transform the whole thing and eliminate the Clippers and wind up with Swart going to, uh, to Memphis. Something, you know, This injury could be more serious than we thought of, but, uh, but they're not yeah. saying a word about it in Boston. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, but I, they may not be done, I don't think. But they certainly answered the – Brad Stevens answered the question, is he going to do anything? A lot of people thought, no, we'll just uh, – it was, it was, you know, I wouldn't say 50-50. It was probably about 30-70, 30% said stick with the guys we got here and, and, and hope that they get better and, 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 and learn things and, or, and as opposed to the 70% or so that said got to make a move. And he definitely made a move. Bob, when you look at the odds board, they are the shortest shot on the board, the favorites to win – the Eastern Conference. I agree with that. Paulie agrees with that. As of today, do you agree with that? Do you think the Celtics are the best team in the East? Yes, uh, I, I think that they have the right to say that. I, I still respect. You know, now we'll see what happens in Milwaukee with mm-hmm. Middleton. You know, that, that's the big issue, issue there right now. The immediate issue for Milwaukee until they get that settled. If they don't have him, I don't. I think that puts mm-hmm. them, takes them down a notch. And of course, then there's still Philly and, and, and what they're going to look like, and, and uh, uh, we'll see. Um, but yes, I would say your most logical team. Uh, is still Boston, uh, and uh, once again, we'll see uh, to the extent that Porzingis, you know, enhances the whole situation. Uh, and uh, it, 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 if I'm wrong in my skepticism, I'm happy to be wrong. By the way, um, then they're, they're, they're going to be pretty formidable. Yeah, ninety seconds, sir. Uh, you love baseball. Can you tell us about the sequel to your book uh, in scoring position? Well, uh, very happy that Triumph Books, who published this book, uh, liked what we did. Uh, with where we we go over uh, and uh, I, oh, there are 140 games that uh, uh, I discussed with Bill Chuck, my great partner, and I discussed in this book. And they uh, we wanted they want some more. We got you know there was 1,400 games available from the score books that I have from the beginning of the 1977 season until uh, well now it's the end of the 22 season. 2022 season, I've, the, the new one will have a game in there. I can tell you right now, uh, for sure, from last season. Um, so we're going to. It won't be as big as this voluminous as the current book, which is in scoring position, which is over 400 pages. But uh, we got some good stuff left over, and, and we're going to emphasize a lot more, though, for regional purposes on the Red Sox and Yankees uh, specifically. I've got during the course of that time, guys. I've got 160 Red Sox Yankee games scored over that period of time, wow. which is a season. How about that? Yeah, yes, and, there you uh, go. And includes playoff games as well, of course, naturally, and, and of course, 04 and all that. So uh, it, it's fun. It's a fun book to to uh, to research. It's a fun book to write, and, and hopefully for people, it's a, it's a fun book if you really love baseball. And I won't deny it, it's a niche book for somebody. You don't just have to like this, but you've got to love baseball for this book. And, uh, and uh, fortunately, enough people out there did that they want another one. Well, sir, we, we love having you on. Thanks so much for the time today. We really appreciate that. Thank, thanks for having me, guys. Bye. Follow him on Twitter. He's at Globrian. DraftKings, they have separ- a separate tab called Wemby. We'll talk about it next. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? It's updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. You can see changes in all the action. Check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits another way we're here to make you smarter, better year-round. Check it out every game, vsin.com. Tweet from Jesse, and we are on Twitter, at vsin live, at Mitch Moss Radio, at Paulie Howard. He said, Mitch, I am uh, so incredibly strong on the Thunder. I never bet futures as soon as a team wins the title, but the next day after Denver won, I bet OKC 100-1 to to win it all and added more to win um, as well. I brought up the Thunder. I see them at 80-1 to here in Las Vegas. I took a slice of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be a year early, but this Thunder team is going to be something that uh, will put a fear put fear into many, many teams in the NBA starting, well, they did last year. So really starting this year, and my prediction is they are going to be the kings of uh, this past season. And God, the West is stacked. When Bayama comes in? I disagree. I disagree. You don't think there's depth? I think the Warriors going okay. that direction. Well, there's still a lot of intrigue, and there's still, I mean, oh, okay, intrigue, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, you when Banyama comes into the West, does Lillard stay put in Portland? Utah's going to be good. Houston added some pieces. Maybe they get hardened, but uh, I, I can see your point about Golden State falling off, but still, Pelicans will be better. Um, Denver, Phoenix, Phoenix gets Beal. Lakers are going to be good. I mean, there's so many good teams here. And what's, You think the Pelicans are going to be better? If Zion stays healthy, yeah. I mean, that was yeah. the case last year. That's where I, I, I can't. No? Uh, um, so when you click on the NBA tab on DraftKings, they have three sections up right now. One is called Futures. The other one is called Awards, and then the separate tab is called Wemby. That's how good the guy is. There's a separate tab dedicated to him. Now, this is kind of like our, our uh, Otani discussion yesterday with Mike Palm from Circa. Like, what sounds ridiculous to you? Because in terms of fair compensation, nobody has really any idea. You could throw anything out there. Okay, well, I could see that happening. Here are some of the odds that they're offering for Wembenyama. It's like a, uh, some of these are like parlays, right? Wembenyama to average 20 and 10 is plus 170. How far-fetched is it for him to average 20 and 10? Uh, I, I think the points could be difficult. Uh, I, I, I would not bet that, because I think you're right. Yeah. I, I got to see I, how many minutes is he going to get. That's the other thing. Yeah, and will he actually qualify for the stat yeah. categories? Yeah. That'd be another thing, meaning will he play enough games? Another parlay is uh, will he average 20-plus and two blocks per game? Well, if you told me right now that he's going to average 20, that's 2-1, to one, by the way, or plus 205. I don't think that's going to be a pr- The blocks are going to be a problem. I'm just concerned about, will he average 20 a game? But then the, again, the blocks won't be a problem. No, no way. Oh, yeah, this no. guy's going to be a stat stuffer. When, Absolutely. When you see the box score and what he's going to put up, blocks, steals, rebounds, assists, three-point, I mean, everything. He's going to do it all. Yeah, that's, that's the one that I'm the most confident in here, would be the blocks. Mm-hmm. And then we get into territory where you're going to be wrapping up Wemby numbers along with the Spurs. For example, the Spurs to win the Western Conference and for him to average 10 plus rebounds per game is 150 to 1. For them to win the West, 
and for him to average 1.8 blocks per game, 171 yeah. to one. And they have some more like that. Um, it was this, a good line from Bob. He's right. He's not a rim protector. He's a lane protector. Lane protector. Yes. Yep. So if you could, if you could somehow, they're treating this like a same game parlay, I would actually do like 15 points. If you could put it together on your own, like 15 points, eight rebounds, and two and a half blocks, I would consider something like that. And I'm trying to be very conservative here. I could, you could talk me into better numbers than that, actually. So, he goes number one overall. DraftKings took a $400,000 bet 20 minutes before the draft started last night on Victor Wembenyama to go number one overall. That better won $2,000. I don't, I, again, I don't blame him. He waited out. He waited it out as long as possible. Yeah. We never had a Laramie Tunsil situation. There was no bong mask for Victor. There was no Len Bias situation, which somebody brought up the other day on the show. So the coast was clear, like that ticket was going to cash. Scoop two thousand, four hundred thousand dollar bet. I mean, hey, all of a sudden, like you're a uh, yeah. the highest person at that uh, at DK now. Yep. And you made the point earlier about what the hell do you do if you have a nine to five job with what transpired all week and yesterday with the uh, number two pick. It certainly was a roller coaster, and it got hot and heavy. When Shams tweeted out, hey, uh, Charlotte looking at Henderson here, and they, they might take him. Uh, Woj got it right, and then Woj doubled down and then dunked on Shams, saying, all along, Miller was the pick, and that was right. But uh, NBA on ESPN, May 24th, Miller was $1.40. He was $3 on June 13th. He was plus 170 on Tuesday. Wednesday morning, he was 550 he was as high as $9 Wednesday. Scoot got to $9 yesterday at one book. And then before, and then we were getting close to the draft, Miller again became the favorite. He did. After earlier in the day, Scoot was $9. And I believe and that Miller closed around six fifty at most spots. Yeah. So, in that range. Oh, man. So, for the, again, for those people who were watching it all day long and betting both sides, I mean, well, they were sitting back, relaxing, and... You know, just uh-huh. having a great time of it. Right. Uh, and for those who cashed Miller at big tickets, that's awesome. I wonder how confident people were who were on Miller yesterday the entire time. Like, because it was like Bancaro last year. I was on Bancaro every which way but loose like five days before the draft on several tickets. Well, after Woj drops that bomb in the morning, the guy's never been wrong. All of a sudden, that confidence level is like, uh, hold on a second here. I don't think I'm going to win these bets. And then it just corrected and he did. Like, if you're on Miller the whole time, are you confident with what took place last night and uh, how those numbers changed? And you're right. Like I brought up like the recreational person, the, the you know, better who has, they, they don't do this for a living, right? Like you're working a job from whatever the hours might be, eight to four, nine to five. And you're tuning into various shows. This show is called follow the money. Well, if you followed the money on Scoot Henderson, when he became the favorite, you were a loser, but you had a chance to buy back. Some, well, just, Weird. Weird the way it happened. But if you're giving like this show five minutes at a time, if you're giving a numbers game with Gil a few minutes at a time, if you're going to give Lombardi, any of these shows that we have on the network right throughout the day, that thing was so topsy-turvy, you didn't know what the hell to do. You didn't know where it was going to go. Yeah. What was going to happen. Well, maybe people overreacted because it it, it kind of was an an innocuous tweet. But then (laughs) with, with Sham's tweet, it, uh, it, it went crazy. Pelicans received a meeting in recent days with Henderson. New Orleans has pursued a top two to three pick in the draft, but Charlotte and Portland are so far expressing no interest in moving the pick. But then he, he had the, the uh, tweet earlier about uh, he's gaining serious momentum at number two. Hornets have been torn over the last week between Henderson and Miller. Final meeting today to settle on the decision, which to me is absurd. I mean, you've been on the clock for for that long too. But between that tweet and how the markets moved, you can go back to the uh to the NFL draft too, where the guy on Reddit, well, a friend of a friend says uh, Levis is going number one and he's been told and that's and then you saw what that happened with the that crap there. too. Yeah. Yeah. Well again, the 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 people who break the news in these sports, like Woj got it right. So last year was the one time the guy never gets it wrong. Last year was the one example of him getting it wrong, but because it happened last year in the same event, people are like, ah, I'm not so sure. If you, when, when this changed, it was on Wednesday, and Josh Applebaum was on uh, the show at the time. 
and Miller went to a $4 favorite. I said flat out, I, there's no way I could lay $4 right now with Brandon Miller. There's no way. Um, didn't want to do that. Didn't want to get involved at that point. But for Shams, for Woj, I brought up the NFL examples earlier, like Adam Schefter in Rappaport. They're amazing at breaking news. That's what they do. But it's like a give and take that they have with teams, agents, players, etc., where, hey, can you do me this one favor? And can you float this out there? And then I promise you that when we have something that's really big, you're going to be the first person I text or, or get in touch with, and that way you can break that news. A lot of times that, that might happen. So when you see news reports out there like, uh-oh, um, Scoot is absolutely in play, teams might be interested to trade up, that might be a team saying, I want to see what else could be out there. I want to see if anybody else will pick up the phone and say, well, hold on a second here. What do you offer me? What can we give you? Yeah. We want Scoot. Yeah. I think Charlotte made a mistake, and the fan base was furious. They certainly wanted Henderson. When you saw the reaction at one draft party and then uh, at the arena with the mascot and a ton of fans around him, too, how, what how about, happened? How about Marty Smith on ESPN with the Spurs? Did you see that? I missed that. What oh, happened? I love that, dude. How about, the, lo- how about I- the gal telling J.J. Redick you were an average shooter and he kept his composure? It's like, what? I think think she was joking. I don't think she was. Because how she finished out like the conversation with him. I think she was. I could be wrong. Go ahead. What did Marty do? If anybody knows Marty Smith, please let him know. I'd love to have him a beer with him sometime. Yeah. I, I that that dude is the coolest cat there is. He's you didn't see what he did? No. He's got jean shorts on that are rolled up way past his knees. He's got his, a Spurs jersey tucked in with a big belt and a belt buckle. He's got a hat on and he takes off. He's got a Wembenyama, uh, like, uh, uh-huh. silhouette shaved into his head with the... Oh, that dude was unbelievable last night. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, well, so we'll touch on that more a little okay. bit later on. Uh, we'll talk baseball, Jensen Lewis. A lot to get into with him coming up here on Follow the Money. This is Follow the Money on v Download the DraftKings app today. New customers can bet $5, get $150 in bonuses instantly. You see all the Wembenyama props that are up there. Great menu. Promo code VEASAN. VEASAN when you sign up. DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. We turn our attention now to Major League Baseball. This phenomenal season continues. And Jensen Lewis joins the program now. Former Major League pitcher, now current host with MLB Network Radio. Uh, we talk to Jensen every couple of weeks here on the show. Uh, Jay Lou, it's good to talk to you again, man. How are you? I'm doing great, fellas. And uh, I was just telling you guys in the break that uh, I got a couple of boys down in uh, Southwest Ohio uh, that uh, at one point were looking to just for a little bit of a flutter, uh, throw a little World Series exacta on my Guardians and their Reds. And who would have thought a couple of weeks later that eh, at least it's got life. <laughs> and, and who knew yeah. that the Reds leg was the one that, that the one was everyone was really worried about, but man, you're right. It's been, it's been awesome so far this year. Okay. So 11 game winning streak going into today. What a story this is. Ellie De La Cruz. I mean, to be a fan now of that team and go to games, the people just must be going nuts for this team right now, right? It's been a minute and they have so much young talent now overall, but I will ask you here, the next nine games, Atlanta, Baltimore, San Diego on deck, like, how for real is this team? How many, how many wins are they going to have in the next nine against those three teams? Yeah, I, I think we get our first real test this weekend, right? Uh, and, and seeing that, as you mentioned the fan base, I think they're standing room only uh, for Friday and Saturday at Great American Ballpark. And, and if you guys haven't been there, it's a, it's a pretty raucous sight when they get that place full up. So uh, exciting to see the best team in the National League. I think we can all agree with the Braves, the mm-hmm. hottest team in the National League, if not all of baseball right now in the Reds. And you know, to answer your question, honestly, Mitch, to take the Reds seriously, they, they have to get healthy in the rotation. Yep. You, you have to get Hunter Green back. Uh, if you can get Nick Lodolo, uh, Graham Ashcraft scheduled to come off the IL this weekend as well. Um, it, it has been remarkable to see what Andrew Abbott has been able to do. Their, their starting pitching depth is the biggest reason that they're here right now because we're just a year removed from that dreadful start uh, in which we thought maybe this is it for David Bell and company. Maybe they were going to clean house. They didn't do that. They knew that they had some of these prospects coming and they may be a year early. They may be a year early as far as being able to contend in you know the central division, which you, we guys, we have talked about it at length, whether it's the American League or National League, 
you don't have to win 95 games to, to get in the postseason. It's probably the first team to 80, 85 wins, especially this year, that's going to get in there. I think the Reds, and, and knowing that schedule, Mitch, that you laid out, if they get through Atlanta and Baltimore and they can split that series, you're in pretty good shape as far as your morale, your mentality, and knowing where the rest of the division is. Milwaukee's mm-hmm. coming into Cleveland to play the Guardians this weekend, so it, it may be a lot of scoreboard watching here for the Reds fans, and to say that in June, I think, is just a welcome sight for this organization. Are you buying the Cubs and their uh, hot play and only two games under five hundred now after they were in last place? Uh, Polly, this is this is my hardest team to to sort of handicap because they have to make a decision here probably in the next three weeks and, and maybe as early as the All-Star break. What do you do with the assets, particularly with Marcus Stroman? Mm-hmm. Is there a scenario in which the Cubs can be buyers and sellers? I, and a lot of people will probably call them about Cody Bellinger, perhaps Trey Mancini, just a veteran you know, guy that, that that is just a year removed from being with Houston to win the World Series. Knows how to handle the bat off the bench if need be, but can also be in a starting position. Uh, I, I think we learn a lot here in the next two to three weeks as far as how the Cubs play. If they're still in it, it it, it is probably a, a, a nightmarish scenario for them to know that we've got a group here in a weak division that could probably get us to the postseason. But do we do that at the expense of knowing Marcus Stroman is going to be one of those coveted starting pitching trade candidates that a lot of clubs would pony up a a pretty nice package Mm -hmm. for. Mm -hmm. Well, no doubt about it. Atlanta, the best team in the National League. What's your pecking order then? We got this draft coming up here at Circa in a couple weeks. How do you see the rest of the National League? And I know you were high on the Diamondbacks before the season. Yeah, Paulie, Atlanta's an easy one. No question about that. Um, I, I think Arizona has surprised a lot of people, maybe on the outside from the standpoint of, that they're leading the division. I, I know I was very high with you guys on their win total. I thought it was my favorite one of the entire season, and and they may blow by that the way that they're pitching right now. Uh, I, I think I think if you're looking at just the division leaders at this point, Arizona makes sense. I wouldn't count out San Francisco just to the standpoint that Aaron Zaidi and that group are going to be very aggressive towards the deadline if they stay close, kind of where they're at right now. Uh, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if they're in the conversation, but. I, I don't think you can go wrong taking the Dodgers at that point. You would expect that they get healthy, and you would expect also that Andrew Friedman could go out and, and do what he needs to do at the trade deadline. I mean, we're just a couple of years removed from the Max Scherzer, Trey Turner blockbuster. Mm-hmm. They're not afraid to do it. So I wouldn't count out the Dodgers. That's a nice little round-robin pick. If you're coming back on that side, uh, it, it might be worth taking the Dodgers at that point as well. Okay, so how many teams do you think right now near the top of the National League standings are actually going to be very active at the or active at the deadline giants what do the marlins do do you have faith in them how what the phillies their approach here um all of them do you think yeah and mitch and, and what's crazy about the national league side is it, it, the, even the last place st louis cardinals and and the final wild card spot at this point in the standings are only separated by maybe a little bit over a week and and i think you're going to see possibly more teams that are in it trade with each other. And it's a rarity to say that because you're usually seeing the sellers be able to offload, you know, their, their premium talent to be able to set up for the future. But it might be one of those things where, you know, you see the Marlins and the Giants call each other, or you may see the Phillies uh, call the Cubs and see if there's some mutual ground there. I I think Miami, and I I think I had said this earlier too, it wouldn't shock me if they're a step better, but if you were to tell me that this record is where they are and Sandy Alcantara has been pedestrian, mm-hmm. I mean, this is wild. It's wild. Yes. Braxton Garrett, probably the best lefty you haven't heard about. I mean, he was sensational last night. And I think with Yuri Perez being able to solidify himself up there, they've got a real shot. They need bullpen help in the worst way. If they're going to sustain this, then I think Miami has to be very diligent about the back end of their pen. Uh, I think you're, you're seeing a rise up there and, and the offense do what they do. I, I don't know what they can expend as far as resources to get another bat there. But Kim Ang had said there was a lot of smoke around this a couple of weeks ago, guys, that they would not be shy about trying to add. The team has done what they've needed to do to force the front office to make moves. Follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, former Major League pitcher, now a host on MLB Network Radio, Jensen Lewis. You're right about the Marlins, by the way. Garrett, 13 strikeouts last night. Great performance. But... We, we touched on this earlier in the week as well. Think about what they're doing here. Not only, you said the word pedestrian, I, I think Alcantara maybe has been the worst pitcher in their entire staff. I mean, again here, right? I think it was 
He allowed more than four earned runs. I believe the number is for the eighth time already on the season. Like, this guy never did that last year. He was automatic a year ago, Jensen. And you wonder if, and I watched a little bit of the start against Toronto just to, to see, you know, from a standpoint of is the stuff there, yeah, is he kind of a tick down as far as velo goes? I didn't see anything so glaring in, in that department. It's just location. And, and Mitch, you're right. I mean, this is, this is as egregious uh, an inability to, to locate pitches that we've seen from him. And, you know, he was almost automatic last year, starting and start out, especially going deep in games and being able to maintain his stuff. So uh, remarkable to see what the Miami Marlins have done as a team, uh, even though Alcantara hasn't been good. Now, he, he could turn the corner and it's like he's a deadline acquisition from within. And, and we know the capability mm -hmm. that he has. So I think if you're Miami, you're hopefully banking that he can turn this thing around after the All-Star break because if he does, that's as formidable a top of rotation right now with Alcantara, with Yuri Perez, and with Garrett, the way they're throwing the baseball. Dude, I, I would not sign up to face them in a short series knowing that you're in deep trouble as far as starting pitching goes. I like that. Almost like a midseason acquisition there if you can turn it around. Uh, two minutes left in this segment. What are you hearing this morning on Shane McClanahan? Big deal? No big deal? So mid-back tightness uh, automatically gives me a, a little bit of like, okay, did he just kind of you know, lock up a little bit on a pitch? Because I was watching his demeanor as Cash came out there, mm -hmm. and it was almost like, what are you guys doing out here? Like, I'll be okay. And you could kind of see that he might have been trying to talk himself or at least talk them into going. I think Kevin Cash was erring on the side of caution big time. You could see him just shaking his head every single no no we're, we're gonna go get you I'd rather err on the side of caution and let's face it you know Mitch he's as important to that rotation knowing that you've had glass now already go through the injury that he did with the elbow and then taking it as much time to come back guys we're, we're also in a rotation too that had lost Jeffrey Springs for the year they've dealt yeah. with a lot of attrition and so I think they are more so worried that let's make sure if we got to skip a start Let's make sure that this is nothing more than, okay, just locked up on him, that we can get him right and be able to get him back in this rotation as yeah. soon as possible. I mean, he's got to be the most important pitching starting pitcher to any staff in the entire league at this point, based on everything that you Absolutely. just said. Uh, you can follow Jensen on Twitter. He is at JLU50, host now, MLB Network Radio. Uh, he's going to stick around for one more segment. We'll touch on some awards coming up next. Does he actually, can Corbin Carroll... Can he do this in the National League? Forget about the, the rookie of the year. What would it take other than a, an injury to Ronald Acuna for Corbin Carroll to win the NL MVP? Is it even possible? Can Blake Snell make a serious run, or is he in the middle of making a serious run for the Cy Young in the National League? As we continue here with Jensen Lewis and Follow the Money, it's VSIN, the sports betting network. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way, is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine, and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, 
pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets every host and guest. Unlimited access to the VEASAN.com slash picks page. Sort by sport, matchup, date, and more. Check the leaderboard to view betting records. Who has the hot hand in ROI? For pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, and 24-7 video access. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now only $19 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Double shot with Jensen Lewis. Great talk in baseball and uh, some good series uh, get underway coming up tonight. So we did National League pecking order. We know Tampa Bay's number one, 52 and 26, but the Orioles won't go away. Give me your pecking order in the American League after Tampa, please. Yeah, a little bit tighter, Paulie, and, and I think you have to give Texas their due at this point. The way that they have, have shown what they can do without Jacob DeGrom, uh, Evaldi has pitched like an all-star. Uh, the offense just continues to, to absolutely rake. And then the back end of their bullpen, probably been their biggest surprise. Would not uh, be, be shocked if they go out and get a little bullpen arm at the deadline. So Tampa one, Texas two. And then, Paul, to be honest, uh-huh. if you're coming back around on those second picks, possibly third picks, I don't think you can really go wrong between Baltimore, Cleveland, and Houston, just knowing that uh, the, the teams in front of them, uh, again, a- after the All-Star break, Houston is going to be in a pretty decent spot here too, knowing their pedigree. And that's usually a time they take off. If you like Cleveland, Terry Francona, since he's been in Cleveland in Mm -hmm. 2013, has the best second half record in all of baseball. Uh, Minnesota, as far as uh, the injury concerns there, what are they going to be like offensively? Don't think you can go wrong there. And then Baltimore, I I think for you guys that, that really look for a team to be aggressive at the deadline, knowing that it's win now time, uh, it, it wouldn't shock me either if they try and make a big-time splash, especially at the top of the rotation. Wow. You didn't mention the Yankees. I'm, I, I'm, at some point, I'm getting Rodon back. That's a hell of a one-two if I go Cole Rodon and I get the guy who was so dominant last year. I, I think for me, Paulie, and, and, and you guys have watched enough uh, of this lineup without Aaron Judge, yeah. my God, is it completely different than, than when he's in there, and, and the numbers will back that up. So without a definitive timetable, and being prisoner of the moment, that's the portion that scares me. And, and I agree wholeheartedly. If you get Cole and you get Rodon back to anywhere close to what he was last year, you team that with Severino, Nestor Cortez going to have to be back here at some point. That's pretty vaunted rotation. They've got the best back end bullpen right now, statistically and depth wise in the American league, if not all of baseball. So some things on the pitching side that are great, but let's face it, they are a complete shell of themselves without Aaron Judge in the lineup. Okay, I'm going to tie two awards into one as we continue here with Jensen Lewis, MLB Network Radio. I'm holding a nice ticket on uh, Ellie De La Cruz to win National League Rookie of the Year. I fully acknowledge it's going to take a minor miracle at this point, right? The guy's got a ton of hype. He's an incredible watch, does everything on the field. But the year that Corbin Carroll is having is spectacular. He's minus 550. He's going to have to fall off a map or something's going to happen have to happen to him for him to lose that award. But I will tie in that to the MVP, where Corbin Carroll now is basically the second shot on the board of the National League, and he deserves it, by the way, because his season is so ridiculously good. What has to happen for him to win the MVP? Is it the same thing for De La Cruz to win the Rookie of the Year, like an injury has to happen? It, I think so, and, and just knowing that Acuna, from a narrative-based scenario here, Mitch, and, and watching how voters, at least <clears throat> the last couple of seasons, have gone about this, uh, Acuna, uh, the best player on the best team at this point, and as you said, it might take a, an injury to, to Acuna for him not to win it, but the fact that we're talking about Corbin Carroll uh, as a, a legitimate contender at this point, we're the end of June, and Corbin Carroll on an Arizona Diamondbacks team that right now would be the number two seed in the National League playoffs. 
I, you know, he leads as far as National League players go in war. I think he leads in slug percentage and he's second in OPS. I mean, that is heady stuff for a young kid that that has really burst onto the scene. So um, is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. Um, <laughs> I think it's I think it's like Otani in the American League. Something drastic, catastrophic injury wise would have to happen for Acuna not to win it. He was Carroll. Carroll was 200 to one, I think, 10 days ago. 10 days ago. I can't even imagine what his number would have been if he was on the board to begin the season. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) do you think, is there any chance here in the American League? And now his odds are drifting out. Estuary Ruiz for the Oakland A's. He's at 40 to one today. He he was 30. I got him at 30. He came all the way down to between eight and 12 to one. I, I get it. I know how everybody knows how bad the team is overall. But the, the kid is on pace to maybe steal 80, 85, 90 bases. Do, do you think voters will look at that and say, yeah, I know they won 48 games this year, but he has 91 stolen bases. I have to consider him for the rookie of the year or no chance because of the team record? Probably no chance. Or, or maybe, mm-hmm. let me take that back. There, there's definitely a chance. He's got a heartbeat. And at the beginning of the year, to me, I, I looked at those odds and I thought Masataki Yoshida is, is basically your veteran rookie, if you will. And yeah. And that was the guy that I circled that, okay, if he does what he's been doing in, in Japan, uh, then, then he should be just fine. He would at least be a finalist in my mind. Uh, I still think he goes out and, and wins the award. And if Boston, Mitch, continues to play well, and they're in this thing all the way to the end of the year, and, and that's still a big ask of a club that is going to need a little bit more help on the pitching side, I, I still think Yoshida ends up being your front runner there. But it is a great case study because – you got to go back how many years, how many decades before you find a guy that had 60 stolen bases, let alone getting into that 80 or 90 category. It's remarkable what the kid has done on, on the league's worst team by, by a wide margin. Yep. Josh Jung is also going to make a serious run for this. Oh, yeah. Because he's having yep. such a great year for the Rangers. And the Rangers are, I mean, if they win that division. And then uh, a guy that I made the case for on Monday, I bet him again yesterday. The, I can't believe this. I drafted Blake Snell as like one of my cornerstones. I think he was my third or fourth starting pitcher on my fantasy team. I had to drop him because I just had no room. And I'm like, I can't take the hits to the ERA, the whip, everything. It's horrible. But had I kept him, I'd probably be like winning the league right now because the guy's been so good. Another stellar performance yesterday. Look, I know he's got a mountain to climb here. But I, again, I will remind people it was, what is the date today? Today is the 23rd. Two years ago, on June 26th, I bet Robbie Ray at 250 to one to win the American League MVP. He, uh, Cy Young. He went. Bang. He eventually went on to win it. <laughs> what are we talking about here with Blake Snell? Can can will voters forget about the first month or so of the season and look? If, I mean, if he do, if he goes on this run, pretty soon. Currently, he's at 50 to one. That that could be 10 or 20 to one by All Star break. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Mitch, and, and it's a great ticket to hold at this point too. What another 11 strikeouts yesterday and a blowout win from the Padres of the Giants. Um, you now have two narrative-based guys in front of him, too, and they're on the two best teams with Strider and with Zach Allen. And for me, if Snell continues to, to have the, close, the closing argument of, of these dominant starts, it is going to be impossible to ignore what he's doing. And if that coincides with San Diego, let's say that San Diego doesn't end up running down the Diamondbacks or the Giants or the Dodgers to win the division – but they pull a Phillies and, and they have the clothes to be able to get into the postseason. That might be enough because you would assume that Snell has to be at the forefront of that rotation to get them in that position. If they happen to run down the Diamondbacks and, and get this division title, not only is it an, an incredible comeback story, but he's probably in that top three without even batting an eye. And it all depends, too, remember, on, on how Strider, who – has had a, a couple of those bumpy starts, guys. And I, I go back to 2014 when it was Corey Kluber and, and, and uh, Felix Hernandez with Seattle. They were literally nip and tuck through the entire month of September. They had all incredible starts leading up to, I think, the last one or the second to last one. Hernandez got nicked up a little bit, and that was the difference for mm. Corey Kluber to slide by and get through it. So both of those guys closed with a flourish. If Snell does the same, Boy, you're going to be in a great spot, Mitch, holding that ticket and knowing you got some serious double-digit potential there for a payout. Yeah, it's it's not going to be easy. Again, Gallon's year, it's going to be tough to overcome. Strider's been awesome for the most part. And also, I'll throw another guy out there, Kershaw. I mean, I th- don't you think some voters Oof. will look at that and say, wait a second, how many years has this guy been in the league now? And he's putting up what kind of numbers? 
I think he would get some serious consideration too. Not a bad guy to have as well and, and to kind of corner the, the market there a little bit, assuming that if Strider and the injury concern could be there as well. Uh, Zach Allen at this point, this is the first time that Arizona is going to be playing pressure pack games beginning in yeah. August because of the position they're in. File that away because Kershaw, as we know, knows how to pitch down the stretch, knows how to pitch in October. But as far as a closing argument goes, just for the mere strikeout potential, I think, I think you look at Snell and feel really good about your chances. And that was awesome, man. A lot of fun today. Thanks so much for uh, giving us a half an hour of your time. We really appreciate that. Enjoy the, the weekend games coming up here in baseball, all right? Thanks, boys. Great as always to visit. Have a great weekend. Yeah, very good stuff. Thank boy. you. Uh, Jensen Lewis, MLB Network Radio. Follow him on Twitter. He is at JLU50, former Major League uh, pitcher. Obviously, as you can tell there, in the two segments that he was on with us, I mean, he follows everything close. I mean, on a daily basis. So... Up next. Cleveland, Cincinnati. Yeah. How about that? Uh, that after that comes to fruition. Crazy odds movement yet again during a draft. It was a ping pong match all day. We'll talk about it and give you the rundown of what happened next here on VSIN. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.